All right, we got here Hamza Abdallah, a dear friend, a brother, a client, an entrepreneur, founder of Catalids, just doing it all. And I'm so happy and blessed to have you on here, man. This has been a long time coming. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on here, man. It's a pleasure to be here and rock out with you guys. Absolutely, man. For the last three years since I met Hamza, we met through CJ Finley, who's been on the podcast. CJ is like a super connector out in Austin, Texas, just doing the thing. And at the time when we had first met CJ, I believe you were interning for CJ basically, right? You were just kind of like doing a lot of the work behind the scenes and really making it happen on the creative side, on the logistics side, pretty much doing everything. And when we had met Hamza, we were like, dude, this kid is onto something. You were still in school. I think you were 19 at the time. And I'm like, yo, Len, watch out. Like this kid's going to be big. Lo and behold, three quick years from now, building a a business to astronomical numbers. And I'm so proud of you, man. So happy. Once again, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for the heavy praise and uh, kind words, man. It's it's just great to be here, and it's like I always say, like it's uh, I'm I'm always grateful to have people like you, Landon, Antonio, like you in my corner to witness the journey and also just be a part of it. So just super grateful for everything. Absolutely, man. So we know the story, but give us give us your story, man. Tell us a little bit more about your upbringing, how you got to where you are today, and and then where you are today. Yeah. So nutshell overview bullet points. My name is Hamza Abdallah. Uh, I was originally born in Bangladesh. I am a Muslim and my father was in the military. So we have uh, traveled quite a bit. So by the just age of 13, we've been to over 13 countries, right? In Middle East, Asia, and then, you know, America. And then we came to America when I was in fourth grade. And then from there, I landed in Maryland, came to Texas, finished out my high school and college. And this journey really overtook in college, right? With my father being in the military, I had a strong sense of justice and passion for moving the mission of helping impoverished countries, impoverished communities, helping the oppressed people I had this passion inside me. Right. So all along, I thought my vehicle for driving this mission forward would be joining the military and a federal agency. And I was on that track up until high school. You know, I was in a homeland security specialty and I was on track to, you know, go go down that route. But then coming into college quickly realized that my vehicle to move this mission forward was more so along the lines of business and entrepreneurship. And uh, it was more so just uh, the traits of leadership, the traits of uh, building things, the traits of leading teams, building organizations are so, so much transferable into building an entity and and building a business, right? So those traits and characteristics really transferred into the entrepreneurship journey. And I really found my catalyst when I met, uh, you mentioned CJ Finley earlier on. And from there, you know, long story short, interned with him the summer before my sophomore year. And that summer was essentially kind of like a shadowing Gary Vee or Grant Cardone or like a high level entrepreneur just in the trenches, going to every meetings with CJ and uh, just being there with him, being in his right hand man. And that I think was just the overall catalyst to me absorbing everything like a sponge and just like cutting my uh, timeline in half and with the context of being in business school and with the context of uh, hanging with CJ, I think that was just the uh, spin, a spin wheel that, and that got the spin wheel started in my uh, business journey. What was the perspective shift that you gained, you know, when you were shadowing with CJ, what were some things that you thought business was all about that you thought life was all about? And then what changed once you collaborated with someone like CJ? Cause Antonio and I have had similar experiences where you're, you're shadowing someone who's performing at a high level, a level that you didn't even know was possible or in a dimension you didn't know was possible. So talk about that transition for you when you went from 
you know, maybe just being eager to learn to learning a ton and what that looked like. Right. Great question, man. I think the biggest thing was building context around human relationships, human capital, uh, networking, and uh, putting everything into perspective when it comes to building a business. And the the concept of in business, people buy from you rather uh, than the product is everything. Product and service is everything. But the the end consumer really ends up buying from the person selling the uh, product. It doesn't matter if you have a billion dollar product or service, but if you're a not so good person, if you're a shitty uh, person, that you're not you're not doing it right. So CJ really put that into perspective. I think the linear the order in which I learned the things and I started to apply it was essential. Like he taught me branding first, branding being people first, people over profit, leading with mission, building a business around mission, right? Like before I thought business was really just transactional and I did not understand. It was more so of a case of like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like you don't know what's possible. The, the concept of building relationships through business and having an actual impact was just far-fetched in my mind, right? It was just more so like you sell it, you come up with a product or, or a service and you just sell it, but it, it just goes way beyond that. And if you lead with that values, if you lead with those values, then uh, that's where a business is built rather than just a side hustle or a hobby where you're transacting a few dollars at the end of the day. And, and that's the thing about businesses, especially in this world that we're in. It's a very transactional mentality a lot of people have. And you can make a lot more money by not doing everything Hamza just said in the short term, right? If you don't have values, if you're willing to compromise your moral compass, you can make a lot more money in the short term but you are not going to last in this game. And two, being a shitty person doesn't get you anywhere in life or in the afterlife, whatever you may believe that to be, right? Exactly. And so like, if you can start at a very foundational level of getting your core values, and I know for you, that's your faith. And I want to talk right. a little bit more about that. I think you have a much bigger foundation to make all these decisions on because now you're able to make short-term decisions for the long-term outcome. So you're constantly wondering if these decisions are in alignment with what my vision is. And that's what I think right. the capacity that we've been serving you in as well by being this unbiased perspective in what we do professionally, it's constantly, hey, you're the entrepreneur that is really just running and gunning, building this business, but also having a bunch of ideas. We're out here to zoom out and say, hey, is this in alignment with everything you want to do? And I know your faith plays a massive role in that. So why don't you talk a little bit more about that and how that leads to your decision making? Yeah, no, great question, man. And and yeah, kudos to you on that point. Like, I mean, case in point was that just that one call that we had with our financial team last week or earlier this week where Landon brought everything back into alignment and into perspective. So very good case in point. But to answer your question, Antonio, yes, like faith and religion does uh, really play a huge part in my life. Like I would say Islam, I, I am Muslim and I follow the religion of Islam. And that is at the core of what my personal identity is, right? At the end of the day, Islam means submission to God, the one and only God and uh, following his uh, last and final messenger, Muhammad, peace be upon him, right? So uh, when it comes to having that mission in life and having that vision that uh, we're trying to implement and execute on, um, any decision, like you said, really ties back into number one, is this in alignment with the commandments of God? And, and number two, what intention am I doing this with, right? One, what we believe in our religion is the intention behind every action, whether you are, it, it is tangible or in, intangible, like thoughts that you're thinking or plans that you're making. 
plays a huge role, right? So, and if your intention is not set in line and intention can be swayed as well, right? So part of the internal battle that you have to do, like the, and you have to be a warrior in every day, right? Like there's a battlefield of life and there's a battlefield of the spiritual realm, right? So in the battlefield of the spiritual realm, uh, one of the battles that you have to fight daily is keeping your intention in alignment with why you're doing what you're doing, right? And uh, I think you guys would really resonate with this is just as you grow, like when you come from nothing, when you're building from scratch, right? You taste having nothing, right? You taste where you're going. But then once you get a taste of like success and you know it's working and it's clicking, it's very easy to get deviated from that line, right? So that the battle becomes not, not staying motivated and disciplined. The battle becomes keeping your intention and values in line. So that, you know, just kind of one aspect of like, you know, how religion plays in just keeping my intention and doing it for the sake of God. Mm. And for the sake of like, you know, one mantra I live by is I I live to worship God by serving his creations, right? So that is one mantra that I live by. And yeah, just in a nutshell, that's how it all connects, man. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. And so you have the internship with CJ, you graduate school in between all that, you know, you're starting a business. What does that journey look like? What did that, how did that, how'd you take that leap? Talk about kind of what you did from that point up to today and who you serve and what your business is all about. Yeah. So just that whole linear journey is started by interning with CJ and that, uh, that first summer was interning with him. And then he helped me, you know, he, he said that I was his partner in the, in the endeavor and then where, which I took ownership of the media arm for thrive on life, which is a consulting company in Austin. And so taking kind of accountability for that media arm while I was still in college, he gave me, like he empowered me and enabled me to make those decisions through which I learned how to hire and fire team members through which I learned to build systems and SOPs through which I learned and the foundations of my sales process, sales skills, how to speak to clients, how to deliver and, and fulfill on the services. So that is what I did in college. And then the transition from college to graduating, I think it was right at the tip at the end of the pandemic era where, you know, I was just kind of brainstorming. I was like, I got one semester left. What do I need to do? Right. At that point, what was clicking for us was media and video and content in the real estate niche, specifically for real estate agents. And in the YouTube rabbit hole and kind of just a journey of figuring out how we can provide even more value add to agents, I stumbled across Facebook ads initially, right, as a fulfillment and just overall the realm of lead generation for real estate agents. So that got me started on Catalyst Systems, which I started in 2021, towards the end of 2021, my last semester of college. And that is what my main venture and my main company is right now, which I took full time after immediately after graduating. Catalyst Systems, which is a uh, end-to-end lead generation system that we purely focus on building a A to Z outbound prospecting system, which is a double qualification layer system, which brings real estate agents, homeowners that are looking to sell. And that is what we kind of build out for agents right now. And it's a completely done for you system where we guarantee our results dude you are so eloquent with the way you talk it, it's like you, the, the succinctness whether you're you're able to deliver the message and exactly what you do is is incredible dude i gotta i gotta take a, a play out of your book there but to, to go you, back man. a bit when i first met you guys i felt bad for cj because i knew that this relationship was going to be somewhat short-lived in terms of you kind of quote-unquote working for him because you were just too good at what you do and and, and what's really cool and what I give CJ a lot of kudos for is that a lot of people would let their ego in the way and use that as a tool to bring you down and not really allow you to reach your full potential. And he did the exact opposite. 
And then I stayed in contact with Hamza for a couple of years. We would talk, what, maybe once a quarter or once every couple months or so and just stay in touch. And it was like a waiting game, just waiting for you to get out of college. But you're like, all right, yeah, I'm not going to really do anything with this degree, but I'm networking. I know the deal. I'm, I'm getting some speaking gigs and stuff, and I'm just ready to dive into this entrepreneurship journey. You are able to use those skills to turn decades into days. What most people aren't able to build in 10 years, you started to build within one to three years. Tell us a little bit more about the actual systems that you're providing. So like, what is the client experience if I was to onboard as a Catalyst uh, client? Right. First off, and thank you, man. Heavy praise and uh, all thanks to God for making it happen. And yeah, so the, your question was about client experience and what happens after you sign on, right? So after, let's say you're an agent, we shake, uh, we shake hands, you come on board the Catalyst family. All you need to do from the beginning is literally provide us... 10 zip codes that you want to serve, serve in and you want to lock down. And we start the process immediately from there. And uh, we have a exclusivity clause, meaning that we only work with one agent, one team or one broker in a given area in those zip codes. Right. So meaning that we are your lead generation partner there. We're not serving any other agents and there's no conflict of interest when sharing leads or whatnot. Right. So you are the only person getting those leads. So immediately after you fill out that onboarding form, which takes less than 60 seconds, you give us your calendar link and then you give us the 10 zip codes that you want to serve in. Our team immediately gets to work and we we start to develop a prospecting list through our numerous sources that we have on our back end and start collecting homeowner information uh, and, and start to build a list of, let's say, 10 to 15,000 homeowners just to begin that are potentially likely to uh, sell their property in the coming uh, days or months or years, uh, likely to sell homeowners. And then from there, once we get you onboarded, we go ahead and launch that prospecting list through our first layer of qualification, which we use. And this is our secret weapon, which we have built a robust system to uh, do cold SMS at a large scale and a very effective scale. We uh, use, so essentially we have our data list, which is the haystack uh, of homeowners in your area. And then we leverage the SMS campaign as the combing through the haystack to find the needles and then mm. to put our magnifying glass on. And then the second layer of qualification, it doesn't stop there. The second layer of qualification is where we find a lead. We get them passed over to our in-house ISA team, inside sales agents, where they call and qualify and gather as much as the intel for you on the back end. And then we go ahead and book it directly onto your calendar. So essentially, all you have to do is wake up and take the calls and work your sales process and uh, take them to the listing table from there. So stack, hey, stack of leads. SMS, or in other words, text message marketing campaign to a, you know, dial to dial person qualifying that this person's interested. And then that gets passed to the agent. I mean, what a process to make sure that people aren't wasting time, right? To really yes, make sir. sure your clients are happy. <laughs> you know, even in our world, in our old world of financial services, there's a ton of like lead gen type of, you know, services that they don't qualify the leads. You get, 20, 30 leads that hit your desk. They don't even know that they're you're supposed to call them. It's it's a whole shit show. And I'm sure there's a ton of, of stories like that in the real estate world. So, I, I mean, really, that, as far as results go, what are some of the you know success stories that you're seeing? What are some results that, that your clients are seeing? Yeah, man, really, really grateful to say that we have some of the best results in the industry. And I, I and I would, you know, give very much credit to our clients because and side note here, business tip, once you dial in who your ideal client avatar is and then the clients, ideal clients that you work with, your results from there just astronomically increase. So just a quick side note there, but you know, results from our service fulfillment. I mean, we have agents like Brandon Ashby and Springville who closed, I think over and, or signed 120,000 in listings in just the first month. 
And then we have agents in Florida, like Kristen, who signed two listings in just the first 60 days. We have agents like Jack in Virginia, who, and this works really well with agents who are investors or broker owners that have cash offer programs in their brokerage. So for example, like our agent Jack in Virginia, who bought and acquired a property that he's going to flip for $50,000 profit in just the first month. So we have cases like this on and on and on. And like, just for example, like right before this podcast, I received a text from one of our agents, Nan Pyland, and she immediately set a listing appointment with the first person that we sent, and she's moving that deal forward, right? So, I mean, we just have mm. agents across the nation just moving deals across. And I will say that, you know, it, it takes two to tango, right? And although, be it that we have built a very effective system that, that works at scale, the system is only as good as your sales process that you have on the back end, right? Okay. So if you were to come in with expectations that we're serving magic on a, on a silver platter, then that would be out of alignment. So as long as your sales process is dialed in, it's only a, what I say to my clients is not a matter of if, but when you uh, start to sign listings. With sure. Us. Sure. That's impressive. And, and you mentioned your team. Talk about what it's been like building out a team. You know, I, two younger guys here running this podcast, right? We've had to build out a team. We, we, we work with a lot of folks that might be older than us, might be younger than us, might be 30 years older than us, whatever that is. I, you know, sometimes early on as an entrepreneur, there can be some head trash around building teams out and, and I don't know if imposter syndrome is the right phrase, but what has your experience been like building out teams and being in that leadership role, you know, so young and running such a successful company? Yeah, great question, man. In speaking on that, I would say the to address the first point is just like that age factor, right? Like us being so young, uh, I would say that that is something that I had had inevitably, right? Like when you're so young, like when you're 22, 21, uh, starting to build a company and start hiring people, it's inevitable that you'll come across talent and experienced uh, professionals that are obviously uh, older than you, right? And I would say that um, that age is a self-imposed limiting belief, which I have had to come over, uh, come over and tackle really quickly, uh, or else it would have been a bottleneck, self-imposed bottleneck, right? So first off, for anyone listening, that uh, and and that's kind of like young buck in the trenches about to build. That is a self-imposed limiting belief. Take that out of your head. But then after that land, and I would say when I started build the team, man, I, I would say the biggest thing is before you hire talent, yes, there there's caveats if you're like building quick and you have validation for your business, but before you hire talent and be, uh, when you're starting to scale, I would say lay the groundwork for the scale, right? A scaling, quote unquote, is a buzzword in the business world and uh, people like to throw it around and uh, anytime that they taste a little bit of momentum, they want, they're, they're like, oh, I want to scale, I want to scale. But in order to scale, you need to lay the groundwork so that once you flip on the switch and pour the gasoline on the fire, you can take off quick. So one of my biggest learning lessons is creating the SOPs, standard operating procedures, getting everything dialed in first before you start to aggressively hire. And once you have, just like there's product market validation and product market fit, there's also a systems and talent fit, right? So at the very beginning, when I first hired my first person, I, I actually let them go within the first week. Right. One, there was a some discrepancy in their actual expectations. And also I realized my systems needed work. Right. So that allowed me an opportunity to refine my systems after which, you know, hiring the next uh, person and the person after that and the team members after that. It was a very effective and smooth process from there on out. Right. So just as there is a product market and, you know, service client fit, there is also a SOPs, systems and talent and team member fit uh, that you have to lock in before you scale. When we were in Houston, we saw this gentleman, Derek Harper, speak on stage, and he talked about a system that he likes to use called BODD, BOD. And it's about building, 
organizing, documenting, and then delegating. I think a lot of people as young leaders, we try and delegate too quickly because it's quote unquote sexy and we want to get the freedom, but we haven't done enough work inside of our own systems to train properly when we do onboard people. Right. So I think early on, it's important that you step into every single role of your business that you have that quote unquote mastered and then go find someone that's probably better than you at that job. Because over time, your job is to delegate and your job is to make the high level decisions. But if you don't know all the inner working mechanisms of your business, how are people going to, how are you going to effectively lead people? Right. So tell us a little bit more about your transition of going like through every part of your business, where you're at inside of your business, like what that day-to-day looks like and where you strive to be over the next year or so as you move towards your, because I know you, you're a builder of many businesses over time. I, I, I know you, like that's where your head's going. When do you get to that point? Like, where do you want to be inside of your business before you start to tackle on new projects? Yeah, great question, brother. And, you know, by the grace of God and all things of God, like at this point in journey, I would say I'm right there on the cusp of, you know, getting some of that time back, right? And and leverage back. And it's all about building leverage. So to answer your question, at this point, what my day-to-day looks like, it's more so kind of managerial and maintenance. So I wake up and, and first off, like I see if there's any fires. And then secondly, what uh, systems do I need to, I, like I'm in a season of train, hyper training my team members that I have right now to make the decisions that are bottlenecked by me right now, right? And those are not major decisions like creative and kind of vision driven decisions. These are more so like, Hey, uh, XYZ is happening to a client. Should we do X or should we do Y or should we do Z? So right now, uh, I would say we have almost created systems around all the technical factors of the business. Right now, we're creating systems around how to make the decisions from a managerial standpoint. So at which point the next step, the next natural step would be to either promote from within the team to managers and then start hiring other team members that would be handling the technical uh, to do's tasks and roles. And then from there, I would be even elevated one step higher because now I have managers making the managerial tasks that I'm doing right now. And then at that point, which is my goal to attain that level and attain that level of freedom by the end of 2023 and hopefully by the first quarter of 2024. And at which point, you know, we can get more aggressive into the other uh, visions, plans, either, uh, you know, hire out a COO for Catalyst Systems or start to be very aggressive with my other investments, whether that be in real estate, the financial markets, and whatnot from there. That's awesome. How do, what are you using right now to find potential team members? How are you, what tools and strategies are you using to get in front of new people to bring on to your, to your organization? Right. So there's three ways that you can go about getting team members in. And then after I explain these three, I'll, I'll kind of um, talk on which one I suggest. And number one, you can go about just as there is a sales funnel, you can create a hiring funnel, right? Whether that be through paid traffic or LinkedIn ads or, you know, Indeed ads, you can create a hiring funnel. That's number one. Number two is you can use a headhunter of some sort. So you can use, you know, their services and professionals who place talent in your company. Number three is you can go about it in a more manual way. Like you can manually post jobs on Upwork. If you're looking for remote overseas talent, Upwork or remote jobs or online jobs at PH for Filipino talent, so so on and so forth. And there's another large board that I can send over to you guys uh, for South American talent. So those are three ways. And what I would say is dependent on which task and which team I'm trying to hire on, if it's a more kind of like a how or, or if it's more of a like to do role, like just more technical, like you give them an SOP and you get them onboarded and ramped up, then I would go for just to cut time, a placement. 
if you already know what you want and if you've developed a relationship, or I would go down the hiring funnel too, because you know, you have validated your hiring systems and onboarding systems. From there, you can just really just put some firepower, which is ad spend behind it and either launch a LinkedIn ads campaign for hiring or Indeed ads campaign and then get talent from there where you know, if you if you launch a LinkedIn ads campaign for for talent, like you'll have hundreds of applicants within a matter of hours or days. And from there, it's really just honing in on that talent and making sure that your interviewing process, filtering process dialed in from there. So in three short years, you've been a college student, you've been an intern, you started a business. Now you're at the point where you're starting to reap the rewards in a very serious manner. You're at a place where a lot of people don't even dream about like that, that don't even get into their sixties in entrepreneurship and, and have that level of success. How are you able to continuously delay the gratification in which a, a, some 22 year olds would go out and buy their first, you know, sick car or like a house or whatever that is, the jewelry and all that stuff. What keeps you grounded? What keeps you focused? What's the vision? Like what is allowing you to continue to delay that gratification where most people are going to go spend it, enjoy it? Why are you doubling down? Right. Awesome question, man. And, you know, funny story. It's first off, like there's a hierarchy and there's a belief system that I have, which I kind of go through when making these decisions. But funny story, like right even before this podcast, like right last night when I was hanging out with my brother, we're looking at Shelby GT 500s, man. <laughs> Just, you know, playing with the idea of it. It's it's fun to look at, you know, and kind of like play with the idea of like getting it. But then, you know, this morning, today's Friday, like Friday is important for Muslims. And, you know, I just as Christians have Sunday, uh, we have Friday prayers, right? So before going to Friday prayer, obviously I have to drive there. And then, you know, I open the door to my 2010 Mustang, right? And which I have dreamt of like from middle school, right? So it's really just about being putting things into perspective. Like as a human, it's a human nature to never be satisfied, but you have to reel in that, reel in that drive and hunger and use it for a positive purpose, right? You can either use it to be greedy and make uh, irrational decisions, or you can uh, use it to fuel your discipline. You can use it to fuel your work ethic and so on and so forth, right? So it's really just a hierarchy of beliefs, right? Number one, I looked at my Mustang. I was like, I, I needed to feel, I needed to make myself aware of feeling gratitude for having that Mustang, which I wanted since middle school, right? So being grateful to God for having that car and driving that car on a daily basis. And then number two, asking like, whether, like, why do I need it? Why do I need that Mustang or Shelby? And it's totally fine to buy things that you want. You got to splurge out, right? That's why we do like what we do to live life. But also that brings me back down to the hierarchy of beliefs, right? Number one, is, is buying a Shelby right now in alignment with my uh, visions and mission first? Am I making progress towards that? Am I taking care of my family first? Have I liberated myself first financially and time freedom wise? Have I liberated my family time freedom wise and uh, financially? And then number three, have I done anything in the past six months or this year to the uh, betterment of my community, immediate community and even like globally speaking, right? From my, from my, from my country, Bangladesh, which is, you know, a third world country, developing country or, you know, people struggling around the world, right? What have I done in the last six months? And even after that, am I from like, from a logical standpoint, can I pay for this car three times in cash? And in a, in a, like, you know, in a positive financial situation to make that call, right? So just that thought process that I go through before making any uh, decisions like that. <laughs> it's, that's valuable, man. And I think there's a lot of young, successful people that need to hear that advice 
maybe even Antonio myself included, right? <laughs> no, but it, seriously, I, I'd love for you to go into, you know, we are coming up to the, the, the end of the time here, but we do have a couple more questions. One, would you be able to just give our listeners that are in a place where they're thinking about taking the leap of entrepreneurship, maybe they're on the cusp of graduating college, maybe they just graduated and they hate their nine to five, right? And they're thinking about taking a leap into something that either they're passionate about or they know that they're good at good at and it's it's risky right business ownership and entrepreneurship is risky but what do you advice do you have for folks that are kind of in that you know tough spot trying to figure out their identity and, and what to do with their life great question brother i would say to those people i would say prepare yourself and be aware that you will feel uncomfortable i remember explicitly the time when i came up with cattle like the idea or the concept of behind catalyst systems or just the need to go out on my own. And it, it felt really uncomfortable, man, because before then I had the training wheels on and the training wheels was just rocking with CJ. And anytime I needed something, I was just like reaching out to him and asking for help. So be prepared to feel that extreme uh, feeling and sense of uh, discomfort. And then after that, to soothe yourself and assure yourself after that, I would say, try to stack wins as fast as you uh, can micro wins fast as you can right so if you're starting a business the fastest way that you can stack micro wins is to immediately go into your friends and family like people underestimate it the but i will make a very good distinction here you should go to your friends and family to ask for referrals and ask for introductions not for validation of your service or product right people misconstrue the uh, the two things right do not ask your father or your mother who's not in your target market for the validation of your product or your service however you can go to your cousin billy your uh, friend john to ask for introductions and connections to people who might want that product or service right so you know number one step Find something that worth solving and or wor worth selling, not a good to have or a nice to have, but a must have. And then validate that by doing uh, some quick uh, interviews. And one way, like you can ask for introductions and connections from your friends and family, and it won't be a sales conversation, but it will really be a conversation of like, hey, I have this idea or product. I just want to see if this is something that you really need. I have a few questions. We'll take like maybe 15 minutes of your time. And at the end of it, if it makes sense, we'll we can go from there, right? And then once you jump on that call, Let's say they are a perfect fit and they have answered positively to your hypothesis questions and treat business like a science experiment, right? So once they have answered positively to your uh, hypothesis questions, invite them to do a free trial, right? Second step is to gather case studies, right? Invite them to do a free trial. If you crush that free trial for them, ask them to ask them to allow you to serve them at a cost and then at a uh, investment level, which you will 100% return to them if you are not able to fulfill them, which it, which it makes like it absolutely riskless for them because they are willing to invest with you. And if you screw up, you can just give the money back. If you're starting at ground zero, if you have zero in your bank account, and if you have to return the money back, then you're like ending at zero. You know what I mean? So there's no risk to you or the other person. So just to recap and package that all up, you know, uh, validate your idea first to go to your friends and family for introductions or referrals to the people in your target market, and then try to get case studies through free trials as fast as you can. And if you have previous and prior validation, then you can go ahead and ask for the sale then and make it a win-win situation for everyone on both ends by tagging on a guarantee at the end. It's just, just insane, insane gold. Gold. The kid is wise, my friends. It is like what I wanted to layer on top of that is that this is the way it is guaranteed. Logic, math, and science guarantees that way that Hamza just said for you to be successful. What it doesn't guarantee 
is the short-term success. You are going to get rejected. Friends and family will not be with you. It just is what it is. And you're going to feel hurt and you're going to feel backstabbed and it is what it is. But the only way to continue this trend is to stay consistent. You understand what the outcome is going to be. It is a fact that the outcome is going to be success. You are going to suck at the beginning. You might not fulfill on your promises at the beginning, but you will get better if you do it long enough and you do it for free and you do it the right way. It's guaranteed to win. It's just such a great, great message, man. Thank you so much for that. Of course, brother. Yeah. And and to the points that you mentioned as well, 100%. When, and this is some pressure I'm going to put on you. When are we <laughs> going to get Hamza's mind at scale on social media? I, I need to see more of this. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. And, and I will, I will not make excuse for this. And I will share this with you. Like this is the first time I'm kind of saying it out loud. Right. And it goes back to that point of intention, right? Because you have seen me like throughout my journey in college and like, you know, that startup journey with, with CJ. I know the content game. I know I can do it. And CJ like has been pushing me as well, like, and used to push me on the topic of consistency. But now rather than I have the uh, leverage, I can build the leverage and the team to post that skill. But now it's more of something for me to figure out, like internally is my intention in, in place, right? Mm-hmm. Once I click that in, then, and man, it's, uh, I know what to do. I know what to release. And it's just a matter of time, man, but very good you know, just reminder for myself to like, keep that in mind. And as soon as I'm out of this kind of sort of, I joke around with my friends, I'm in like a Bruce Wayne mode right now. I'm in the bad cave. And I really, it's just really, I don't want to take my foot off the gas pedal and kind of referring to a conversation I've had with a very successful entrepreneur, John Henry, he's a CEO and founder of loop right now. And uh, in a conversation with him, he told me that in his early stages, when building a company, it was, it, it was just like, you have to play hot, hot, pota- hot potato and hot potato with building a business and content, right? Sometimes when you're building the business, like your content inevitably, not by choice will go in slack. And then the other times, you know, when you're focusing on content, your business starts to suffer in the beginning stages until you build leverage. Right. And then also like with the emergence of Hermosi out there, right? Like I'm also kind of adopting a new philosophy. Like the reason why Hermosi grew so quickly is because that level of conviction and context and depth that he brings to like 15 second TikTok videos is just like absolutely crazy. And I think you can't beat that by trying to like regurgitate, commoditize information, right? Mm-hmm. So another thing I'm trying to focus on is building like anything I put out, number one, make it intentional and not like overthinking on content, obviously, like Gary Vee for the win document, but more so having context behind it. And, and what I saying, like, can someone Google and find that same information? Or am I adding my own context to that? So yeah, yeah peace right there for you, man. That's a, that's a great reminder. And I, I need that too, because sometimes like I regurgitate a little information just because it's like mainstream and catchy and popular, but there's everyone does, value yeah. in creating original IP. And I think you can create original IP by taking what somebody wrote down or said, and then marinating on it for a little bit and taking a couple of days and, and picking apart that those thoughts and then creating your own original thoughts around them. I think that's kind of how things move forward in the world anyway. But I digress, man. Thank you so much for sharing. How can our listeners follow you? Is there anything else that you want to leave us off as we wrap this up? Yeah, no, thank you for number one. Thank you for having me on there, bro. Like it, it's always a pleasure just to, you know, jam with like-minded people like you both. And thanks for the platform. I mean, if you're a real estate agent or a broker or an investor that is looking for 
absolute killer outbound prospecting systems, definitely uh, just go to catalyads.com, C-A-T-A-L-E-A-D-S.com and uh, grab a time. Like there's a video on there, multiple uh, testimonials, grab a time on our calendar. I would be more than happy to take a look at what you're doing right now and see if it's a good fit. Other than that, if you just want to jam on entrepreneurship, business or faith or life in general, uh, just give me a follow on Instagram at unlocking Hamza or find me on LinkedIn at Hamza Abdullah and just happy to be of service anyone love it brother love it well dude i'd like to ask you one more question as we re- as we kind of close out here it's what we ask every listener or every guest that we have on for our listeners is you know what does consistency mean to you this is the consistency wins podcast right so what does consistency mean to you and how does that show up in your life you know personally and professionally yeah, I man, great question. And I'm forever grateful to you guys for like, you know, just following through on this mission and, and concept. Consistency, what it means in my life. I have prayed for this and I am working on this. I believe consistency is the literal unlock to the dreams and aspirations and the mission I have on the other side that is waiting for me and that it, the, the potential that is waiting to be realized. Man, literally, man, it's not in, in knowledge, it's not inform it information, it's not uh, whatever. It's literally consistency. I believe at this point I have the time, I have the leverage, capital, knowledge, information, but all it takes is consistency to put it into action and get me to the other side. But if I am missing consistency in, amongst all the variables that God has blessed me with, then I will not be able to piece all the things together without consistency. So man, consistency is is huge. So I'm, I love you, man. I love you. That's all I <laughs> love Thank you both. so much for just pouring into us and it's about time we've, we did this podcast and I think we did it at the right time. This is, you know, we've been waiting and waiting and I mean, your skill set has developed so incredibly fast. And like I said earlier, your ability to take a lot of information and condense it down in a point where it's so succinct and somebody could really understand it is, is insane. It's a great way of being able to communicate. I'm so proud of you and the growth and I just love you, man. I love you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And and if I don't mention this enough, man, I'm truly grateful for you guys. And even beyond our kind of professional realm and relationship that we're building right now, like even while I was in college and, you know, building and, and kind of growing up, like I was, you know, we, we follow each other, Landon, Antonio, like, and, and so just through the subconscious consumption of your content, Antonio, Landon, everything that you guys are doing with the people that you're hanging out on, the things that you're uh, hanging out with and the p- things that you're saying online it poured into me and it were variables and things that I looked up to as well, man. Thank you guys for being that, you know, figure and just having like, you know, it's good to have companions and brothers on this journey that we call life. So thanks, man. Truly a brother. brother. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, man. You as well.